Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Review Pod. Looking back on a one-sided encounter, Mark Ogden bizarrely believes is proof that City will struggle to defend their Champions League title this year. Read the room, Mark, or watch the game, either or. Joining me to deconstruct a, to quote Ogden, a tough contest that saw City accumulate 37 attempts on goal to Red Stars 3 while amassing 77% possession. I'm delighted to have the Harland and Alvarez of the podcasting world. And here's the weird thing. Neither will want to be Erling right now. Anyway, it's Asan and Lloyd. Hi, Asan, you there? I'll be Harland. It's all right. I can be, I can be Erling. In this, in, in, in the in, long run, I'd love to be Harland, yes, but right in, now, yeah. In, in this analogy, and also, like, it's quite delicious, Lloyd being Alvarez, considering the stick <laughs> that Noisy Pod gave him today. Yeah, that it's was fitting, cool. I think. It's yeah. fitting. Move, move would definitely approve. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Lloyd, are you, you well? All good? Yeah, yeah, all good. All good. Uh, I hadn't seen Mark Ogden say that, but uh, I guess that's unsurprising. Yeah, it, it, it was a write-up where he basically, you could tell a lot of it was written in the first half. And then he just thought, you know what, I like that. I'm going to keep that in and just try and justify it for the second half of my article. It was It's a bit of a shambles, but there you go. Um, yeah, because it was pretty straightforward last night in the end, in fairness to Mark Ogden, I will say, in the end. But we will get to the game very, very shortly. Just quickly, news has broke this morning that... Uh, there's a new TV deal on the horizon, one that will include 25% more televised games that will crucially include 6.30 kickoffs on Sunday. I want to come to each of you on this, but I'll start with you, Asan. Is this another example of the the obvious point that fans just don't mean anything anymore? Yeah, I mean, I don't, they're not taking they're not taking supporters into consideration when they make broadcast decisions fundamentally and i don't think that that's uh, i mean look friday night games as much fun as they might be if you're in the pub or if it's a home game for the away supporters friday night premier league games is really a joke yeah and so if they're now going well we're going to do sunday early evening too it's the same kind of nonsense yeah like the friday night ones if you're an away fan obviously you've got to take the afternoon off work for one thing and then you're back how home you, at kind of... How are you getting home? How, like, my, yeah. my thing is, yeah. like, the, I mean, the public transport system in Britain is pretty broken right now. So how do they expect people to get home after 11 o'clock? So say they put, you know, you know they, they won't care about the distance the supporters have to travel. So they'll quite happily put Brighton, Newcastle on a Friday night yeah and not be asked about how far those supporters have to travel and actually practically if it's even possible to get home after the game yeah quite agree um lloyd anything to kind of add in this regard it's it's inevitable it's going to happen but it it doesn't make it right does it that's a joke to be honest i hate it um i mean for me it feels it almost feels worse than the friday in a way and i know the friday one is a piss take because people do have to take holiday and like Asan said you probably have to stay over actually if it's an away game uh, which is obviously an extra expense I mean 6.30 how are you getting home after that on a Sunday mm. um, it's it's just it's just a mess I mean it, look it's great for the armchair but that's kind of everything with these broadcast decisions um, that, and yeah. I, I, one thing I did read though in the articles is it, I don't think it's definitely happening 
yeah, I think it's like a proposal rather than it's been approved by the Premier League teams. But yeah, I hate it. I mean, there's not much else to say, um, really. I mean, the thing what strikes me is it seems to be aimed at the foreign market more than kind of um, the UK anyway, because 6.30 on a Sunday, who wants to watch football at 6.30 on a Sunday? It's it's not really, in terms of the culture of kind of what typically people do on a Sunday, it's not a case of, oh, great, that's, that's a perfect slot to watch a game of football. Um it smacks of looking kind of outward and towards foreign markets, which is nothing wrong, I guess. But of course, when it impacts upon match-going supporters, then it does make it wrong. Um, yeah. The only thing I would say, and and this is probably why it has uh, rattled me even more, is it's the Saturday three o'clocks that they need to figure out because the reality is that more and more that so one at Premier League level. Unless I'm reading the room wrong, most grounds are selling out most weeks. Yeah, it's a good the the being in the Premier League is a thing for all the clubs in the Premier League. And on top of that, it's the reality of how much do you guys pay for Sky, for BT, and then to have that volume of games not available to you, which me, sat in Spain, can watch every single three o'clock kickoff perfectly legitimately on a multi-screen thing. I can pick the game that I want to watch. There's so many options, and yet they refuse to touch that. What they'd rather do is continually move games to obscure hours and obscure time slots and then put them on the TV there. Yeah, I've encountered that with you, actually, Aysan, where... We've been in a conversation on WhatsApp, and you've said, "Oh, that was a great, great goal by Villa." It's like, how are you watching Villa? Mm. <laughs> Why can't I get that? That's not fair. But yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, let's move on to the game last night. In our preview, Lloyd, me and Asan, I think maybe there was certainly a level of complacency from us in, as regards to getting a result. And it's not critical of either of us. I think we were legitimate to feel kind of complacent, having seen the match now last night obviously in hindsight were me and Asan right to be complacent uh yeah I think so um, is that because Red Star were absolutely piss poor I thought they were shocking to yeah. be honest I thought they were pretty close to the worst team I can remember turning up at the Etihad in probably the Pep era I'm really struggling I was struggling last night to think of like a League 2 team that we've got in the Carabao or, or something yeah. But I just, I thought they were rubbish. Like, they didn't, like, defensively in the box, they just weren't really throwing themselves in front of shots. There wasn't that much intensity in, in, in the way they defended. Granted, you know, they took the goal well, and the, I thought the striker was a bit of a handful, but I thought they were really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And, um, Considering how many chances we wasted, it was a good job they were bad. Um, but we will, of course, get to that. Before we do, let's look at the lineup. Um, Asan, we predicted the lineup of one apiece before the game. Um, I think you said that you'd faint <laughs> <laughs> Alvarez and Harlan would both start, which I agreed with. So, you know, but by all accounts, both of us were on the floor then. When, when the what a was, prediction. What a prediction that was. Eh? What did you What did you make of it when you saw the lineup? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that as much as I would like to have Rodri rested in every, in any or every given opportunity, I think he is becoming, or he he has become 
as important as Kevin De Bruyne is. And I would never advocate to rest Kevin De Bruyne in any game under any circumstances. I just, I've always, I've always had this thing with Kev where it's like, no, Kev has to play every game because without him, the team just does not tick. Um, and I had this mo- at this moment about 15 minutes into the uh, in the first half where I was like, yeah, I understand. I-, I totally get it. I understand the the strength of the team selection. And and actually, in the end, for me, the big question or the big the big rotation thing for me was we should try and rest Rodri. But then as soon as you start seeing him play, it's like, no, you can't rest Rodri. He's too important. Um, and yeah, look, beyond that, I was excited to see Nunes. I was excited to see how Bernardo Alvarez Foden would kind of work itself out as a support trio for for Erling. So yeah, I mean, I've... I'll be honest, I had a look through my WhatsApps and a couple of weeks ago, I was pretty down on the team. I was pretty down on both selections and also performances. And I kind of, I felt like the team had lost, um, the team had become a, a little bit too efficient in everything that it did. Uh, football for me is, is remains and will always be um, uh, an entertainment business. And mm. so and I, I, since the takeover, I've always had this thing of like, if you've got more money than everybody else, then absolutely your first, first and foremost, your job is to entertain and you got to find a way to win by entertaining. And so I get very critical whenever I'm, and this, maybe it's going to sound, you know, spoiled or whatever, but if I'm not entertained, then I'm annoyed. I'm like, I don't, you know, grinding out a one nil is fine once in a while. Grinding out successive one nils without really creating very much is just not much fun. And so, and I, and all of that is not to say that that we had become quite that stale, but I genuinely felt as though there was something missing from an attacking rhythm point of view so to go from where i was a couple of weeks ago to then i think doku doku's kind of introduction changed a little bit the way that i was looking at the team and then the last two performances um including last night have just completely shook me out of that and i'm back to just going oh my goodness how good are we lloyd Obviously, please feel free to talk about the lineup and how you responded to the lineup um, mm. at the start of your answer. But then, I just want to kind of word from you on Rodri because it's really interesting what Asan said there, and, and you know, I think every one of us will agree to his importance to City. Is there a flip side to that? I, whenever I see Rodri this season, and, and actually in the latter part of last season, I, I'm always thinking he is so crucial to us right now that what if, just what if in mid-January, you know, he breaks his leg or something, you know, is there a downside to having so much importance placed on one individual? There is, but that's why they've signed Kovacic and Nunes, isn't it? Yeah. I think. Because if if that had a, if we'd have had a serious injury to Rodri last season, it would yeah. be a much bigger problem than it is now. That's fair. Um, so, and... Look, I thought Nunes played well last night. I'm still not totally enamoured by that, but I completely understand the logic, and I think Kovacic can definitely do that role. So we're in a much better position this season. Um, on the lineup, I mean, I do think it's kind of poignant that Phillips didn't play again. To be honest, mm. that felt that did feel like a game that maybe he plays in, and it was just another nail 
of the many nails that go in the Calvin Phillips coffin. See, I, 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 Ace answered the same yesterday, and I, I disagree with two of you. He's never going to start Phillips in a Champions League game, particularly the first Champions League game of a campaign. It, it just wasn't going to happen. But, like, Nunes comes straight in and starts. Yeah, like, but he's, I'm Phillips sorry, is, no, I'm it, sorry. Phillips has been around the team for, like, almost, what, 15, 16 months. He's been yeah. training with Guardiola for that amount of time. We know how hard it is to upskill. Like, Nunes literally straight in, straight in the team. Like, no mm. questions about it. That's so damning on Phillips. I'm sorry. It is. Oh, we're past well. that point, though. I mean, I, I I believe we're past that point now where we just have to accept Phillips is, is mm. it's not going to work at City and it's not going to happen. I think it's that. I think it's that idea. Uh, look, I think the reality is that when Pep answered the question uh, last week, where he said we gave him the opportunity to go on loan, yeah, and he chose to stay, and he's a good guy, and <laughs> you know he's always smiling, and so once the window <laughs> closes, everybody that's with me is with me. That was like the most polite way of going. He's shit. I don't really want him, yeah, but he stayed, and I'm stuck with him now, and so. Absolutely. Yeah. And he lacks ambition, I think. I think not to go and take the move and back himself. I, I think, think we're we're there. I think we are there. Last season, no. This season, you know, specifically, uh, specifically in this transfer window, we are there now. Where if he stays, it is a lack of ambition, which is an odd thing to say. To, it to is, say, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was. It was clear. It was clear in the games prior to the window that he was not going to play. Like McAtee came on ahead of him at Burnley. Like that's so damning. It's so so damning. He didn't even come on in that game. So do you guys think? Do you guys think that I, I had this thought the other day? Maybe there's maybe there's like a, a contractual thing, right? And what I mean by that is maybe there's a, a payment that he gets after eighteen months or after two seasons, or you see what I mean? That because it is it it is beyond strange that. It obviously, from what Pep has said, they told him before the window closed, you're not going to play, right? And so even having been told you're not going to play, he's chosen to stay. I just wonder whether there's there's something in the contract, there's a bonus payment, there's basically something that has made him and his agents go, no, we're going to stay one more year because we want that payment. You signed us, you've given us this contract, we'll sit it out for 18 months, two years, and then we'll move. I think it's unlikely. I think it's unlikely, to be honest. I I, I disagree. I think it's, it's very... There has to be something more than him just saying, I'm going to win Pep around. Because at this point, that is just purely delusional. And people will be having words in his ear, you know. The people around him will be saying, it's in your best interest to go now. Um, There has to be something, another reason. Has to no, be. I, I know what you mean. It's Because it just doesn't make sense, does it? And no. actually, from his side... It's a bit harder to move after two years of no football. Like, if you'd have gone this summer, I think he'd have had loads of options, and I think loads of clubs did approach City, but next summer, if he doesn't play again, he's basically wasted two years of his career. It's a Euro summer. Like, I just don't think the takers will be there in the same way that they would have been this summer as well. And that's just from his perspective. Obviously, from City's perspective, it's totally unideal. But I'm just thinking about him. So maybe it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, something doesn't add up. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. To listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.